Welcome to Faith Fondue, a podcast featuring author and speaker Haley DiMaria and teacher and blogger Ann Strickers. Faith Fondue will feature a melting pot of topics ignited by a flame, our faith, and guided by the Holy Spirit. It's the week of April 24th. This is season three, episode 10. We are back after a very long spring break and Easter hiatus. It is Divine Mercy Sunday, and Anne, as I learned from you, we are in the midst of our 50-day celebration of Easter, and I am glad to be connected again. So let's start with an important question that was debated in our house on Easter Sunday. Anne, what do you prefer, Thanksgiving dinner or Easter brunch? Haley, I love the question. I am super curious about who launched the question in your family. I have a suspicion. (laughs) And what a fun topic to discuss. Uh, I don't, I think each, you know, am I going to cop out when I say, so first of all, it made me think about like, what are the feelings, traditions that go with each holiday? And they're in such different seasons that I actually think like each is appropriate for the season that it's in. So Thanksgiving being the fall, you know, the temperatures are are colder outside. We need heartier meals. Not that, not the Easter brunch is not hearty because it's, it's quite hearty in a different way, but you know, maybe just with the stuffing and the gravy and whatnot. And then I even just think of the colors that I associate with Easter brunch with fruit and eggs. It just feels lighter, even though it's not. So I think each are appropriate. I realize I'm copying out, but tell me who launched the question and which what answer won? So I'm not sure an answer won. It was definitely yeah. a debated topic. I love your answer though, because you're right. We definitely, you almost have an image of both meals and yeah. they do have a color scheme that goes with them that matches the season. Right. So I actually love that. Uh, so Edward brought up the question, my younger son, and he was, I would have said that. Yes, <laughs> of course. He, he, yes. And they, and I, and Easter brunch won if there was a winner or not. Both, oh. I was surprised they, and, and I don't, I, I, I was really curious about that. They love Thanksgiving dinner, but they felt like there was so much buildup to Thanksgiving dinner. And then you eat in like 20 minutes. And, and then of course, you know, in our house, we make everybody put Thanksgiving dinner away and then they have to lug all the Christmas bins up and decorate for Christmas. And so maybe there's a lot more that goes into that meal is like, let's eat so we can decorate for Christmas. Maybe what they're saying to me is I need to allow that meal to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. But there's something about Easter brunch where they just felt like it was a more relaxed day and and a, more of a family celebration where it was all mm-hmm. just about the holiday. Yep. I, 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 they did not articulate this and I'm not going to try to put meaning to it, but what I would like to think and, and, and maybe I'll kind of chew on this for our stew for throughout the year, you know, as a takeaway is of course, Thanksgiving is not a religious holiday and Easter is. So perhaps there's more meaning in the Easter Sunday celebration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, certainly we have the the level of gratitude that we feel on Thanksgiving. But of course, we feel that gratitude and celebration on Easter. 
But uh, yeah, Easter brunch won in our house, which I think I was probably surprised about as well. But it was more fun. It was a question I have never heard before. Not sure I ever would have thought of. Yes. But fun to talk about. Yes. What a great way to enter into Eastertide, which is the eight days. So yes, thank you for the nod to the 50 days. I love that idea. 50 trumps 40. But the eight days following Easter, this time, mm-hmm. this liminal space that we are in. So Easter tide seems like a formal way, but we can still say happy Easter, even though Easter was it's just a week ago. That's hard to believe. So I always feel like Easter's a little more fun with children. With Not that as adults, you can't have Easter egg hunts and Easter baskets, but I appreciate the land, like the you pointing out the significance of this brunch and what it means for people, because that's exactly what we did. We went to mass in Capitol Hill and then went to Clyde's, which was great. And there was a bunny that came in and you know had an Easter basket. And as someone who gave up sweets for Lent, it is wonderful to be able to enjoy them once again. So that's part of our, you know, moving on from Lent, we get to celebrate. So I hope it was a good Lent for you. Um, it- it was long. It was long. I think it. It was. Uh, it was. It was long. I again. We had our change challenge, which was a very. I. I, I will look to do that every year. If we don't get a new acronym yes. next year, I think I'm going to stick with the change. And <laughs> so you know, we had N, which was navigate. G, which was gratitude, and then E, I believe, which was explore. Examine. Examine. Um, which is a great word as we move into Easter tide and this this fifty day Easter celebration. So that that gave me some weekly perspective, I think, which made it go a little faster. I felt like all of a sudden we were moving on to yeah. the next word. But you know, it life is um, there's just a lot going on right now. And you know, in many ways, the pandemic is wrapping up. You know, I know you just were on a plane. You did not have to wear a mask. The that's that's a big change and shift for people. We are pretty much maskless here in Maryland in every way, in schools and transportation. But like every physical challenge, and I actually talk about this in a lot of the talks that I give in terms of my own physical challenge, once the physical challenge is is done, so to speak, or wrapped up, I think that's when the emotional Um, challenges begin and the emotional healing. And I think we're seeing that there have certainly been a number of emotional challenges um, during throughout the the pandemic. But I think we need to be very aware as a society that just because the pandemic, quote unquote, is is here, it's more of an endemic now, I think is the the word that we use is, you know, COVID's not going away. We're learning to live with it, but it's done in many ways. But the, the emotional challenges, the mental health issues are still there and I think will be very prevalent for a long time. So it's it's been a challenging spring, a lot to celebrate, but I think we all need to um, continue to remember that there are people out there who are, who are struggling and uh, be aware that with spring and rebirth and resurrection comes a remembrance, a remembrance as well. So true. Um- we, you know, to be, we say we're Easter people and we have to live it because I, I don't disagree. There are, our, our world is fraught and we have struggles. And I mean, I had a hard conversation with a friend at Notre Dame who was just talking about the reality of 
you know, war in Ukraine and what this could mean. And it was heavy. And yes, people have experienced a lot of loss. And I, I thought that's an interesting idea, Haley, about the emotional healing, because that will come at different, you know, timeframes for folks. Um, and in light of that, I do think one of the most, um, I, I think of, I don't know, cause you know, it's, we're talking about ourselves, like my, my life as a Catholic Christian means for me that I'm a person of hope and that I don't let cynicism reign, um, that I seek the good and that I don't stay because I'm telling you, myself included, it is so easy to be negative, to be snarky, one of our favorite words, to really get down in some of these struggles. And I I just, if I'm a person of faith, I think I have to live with this hope and that we can bring hope to others. Why? Because Christ is risen. That is, that's what we celebrate. And whether or not I preach that literally through that message, but that I live that way is... I think that's one of my core beliefs that I'm called to live that way. I I love that oh, you are baptism. Right. No, I love that you articulated it that way because I I that is the way I strive to live as well. And I do and I I do believe you know, every single one of us could wake up every morning and focus on something negative. We all have negatives in our lives. We all have something that's sad or bringing us down or a health challenge or uh, issue relationship issue there whatever it is job family health there are there are things that we could focus on in a negative way every single day but there's also things to celebrate every day and to to focus on that hope is such a great it, it it's i think we need to be aware of the hard issues that are out there but but look at them through the lens of hope um i love the way you put that we um because there is a lot to celebrate. And, you know, just this weekend we had at St. Anne's where I work, our first major in-person event in, you know, since the pandemic started over two years, we had our auction and disco. It was a disco theme and it was a party. It, it you could just, now it was outside and it was under a tent. Okay. There were about 200 people there. Parents? Excuse me? Students? No, just the parents. Okay, okay just the parents and it we you needed it you could just tell that this community and we really focus on community it's one of the hallmarks of our school it's one of the things i loved about it as a parent yeah and i've loved this event since my boys started there so yeah. it just as a community we have to be together that is what community is and community has been done online and everyone has done it the best we can, whether it's online yep. happy hours, whether it's online mass, we, we, yep. we held it together as best we could, yes. but this yes. community needed to come together and celebrate. And we did, and it was successful in every way that event like this should be successful financially, community building, just, you know, coming together for the kids. It was, that is that was hopeful it you know the hope for the future of just where we can help these kids go and be was was exciting to see but you're right we need we need hope every single day yeah yeah commitment 101 so maybe that's one of our takeaways one of our reminders i mean that's the motto of holy cross the cross is our hope it's our anchor really so yes. thank you lord 
you know, thank you for rising. Yes, <laughs> I say. know. Well, and you know, this week's gospel, it is Divine Mercy Sunday. I, I was reading about that because I remember we talked about it last yeah. year. And I don't know if you knew this. I certainly did not. It's a relatively new church date. I'm not sure what you call yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Celebration. Feast or, right. right. Feast. Sure. They, do, they actually did call it a feast. So it, it was first celebrated right. in 2000. So it's only 20, It's only our 22nd Divine Mercy Sunday. But okay. it has uh, such, it actually, it has a God. There was a, the gospel reading today is one that I think about a lot. And, you know, of course, it has the words, peace be with you, which is we, we share with one another every week in mass. I have noticed more recently people are hugging. They are shaking hands. Oh, I love having that back. It's, yes. I appreciate that part of community is uh, being there and, and truly wishing someone peace with a, with a greeting. But it, it, it also has the story of um, what I was always told it was called or known it to be is, you know, doubting Thomas, you know, Thomas who um, sees Christ and Christ says the words, blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. And of course, that is all of us. None of us have seen Jesus in the flesh. However, I truly believe that we have all seen the presence of God in our lives. And if, mm -hmm. if you seek it, and if you are open to seeing it, you will see it. And mm. I truly believe this in my life. If, if mm. I have felt the presence of my faith of whatever you want to call it, God, Jesus, prayer, I have felt mm -hmm. that it is a very real, tangible thing for me. I, I think I needed to see that there are times where I think maybe I was this doubting Thomas who needed something very, very tangible in terms of yep. faith. So I would believe so have yeah. I seen Jesus in the faith, you know, in the flesh? No, of course not. You know, we hope at some day we do. That's the resurrection. But I, I think many of us have seen God or seen the presence of God and, and, and hopefully then believe. But I think about that a lot. You know, those who have yeah. not seen any yeah. part of these miracles and still believe is, is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the beauty of that gospel, because I think there's so many different things to reflect on with it. So I appreciate what you're saying about what it makes you think about. And you're right. It is us and how, and I think there's a, what I'm hearing you say is um, a commitment to seeing the good or right. Seeking, well, seeking you shall find, right. That's what right. we're told. I always think about his response as well, my Lord and my God. So once there's this encounter, then that is his response, which is so beautiful. And I always say that when the priest holds up the Eucharist for consecration, you know, I always just say, my Lord and my God, um, just an acknowledgement of Jesus as Lord and God. And the pastor, my pastor today invited us to look at the Caravaggio painting. So maybe that could serve as our template where Thomas is really going in and putting his hand into Jesus's wounds. It's almost exaggerated, mm -hmm. but he, he spoke about it in terms of his faithfulness. You know, unless I see in, you know, unless I see him, unless I put my hands in his side, you know, not wanting to believe, but just the importance of faith and faithfulness and this exaggeration invites us, I think really to a quite a contemplative prayer, um, whether or not it's, praying with that beatitude that you mentioned or praying with the words, my Lord and my God, or praying for faithfulness 
there are so many opportunities with this gospel. I always think about it because today is ordination at University of Notre Dame. There are three men who will be ordained Holy Cross priests. And having gone to an ordination in the past, it's always the same gospel, which I love. And just thinking about the role that these men will play in people's lives by their service to others. So that's another takeaway. Pray for them and anyone who bears witness to their faith um, through their their words and ministry, but really their life commitments, whether it's, you know, marriage or their calling or whatever it is that we do. So a good takeaway for all of us. Absolutely. Um, and imagine, and imagine the faith that they must have. They are taking a huge leap of faith in enjoying the, the priesthood. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. They, and they do deserve our prayers. Yeah. So something so countercultural. I was thinking, I heard a, a speech that I, I want to just share um, at Notre Dame. Well, I was there for the Alumni Association Affinity Groups meeting, and Father Dan Grudy spoke to our, our at our meeting for the, on the last day. But he talked about, so he talked about a number of things. He talked about like the advancements out in outside. Like he talked about the, okay, it started with like the moon and what it took to land this lunar module and the energy. And then he talked about the iPhone and like how we've totally advanced outwardly in terms of science science and development and what we can do, but then ask the question of how have we developed the interior life and are we developing the interior life? And if so, how? So that was his first question, which I thought was a great question because there's a lot of struggle. I think I would dare say maybe we're not doing enough for the interior life. And that's mm -hmm. part of why there's a lot of mental health problems in our country and challenges and whatnot. So first question was that. And the second question or idea that he shared was that Jesus was not the answer man, but he was actually the great questioner. And he said this, and I, I didn't know it. He said, Jesus is asked 187 questions in the gospel. So, you know, scripture scholars will comb through the gospels. 187 different questions. He answers three. Hmm. And so and apparently Jesus asks 307 questions. Essentially for every question Jesus answers, he asks a hundred. So he said, Jesus is actually the great questioner. He's not the great answer man. And I thought that was so interesting. Again, you know, thinking of God as this questioner, as opposed to the answer person, which we always go to God for answers. But right. I said, well, this is Christ the teacher. And he did it with the image of Christ the teacher, you know, the mural and, and our relationship to, especially at the university, to Christ as a teacher. So the question was, well, so what? If Jesus is the great questioner, what does that mean for us? And bringing it back to the interior life, he said, really, these questions are an opportunity to reflect. Right. So when Jesus is, you know, that Jesus is asked, who do you say that, you know, who are you? Peter, you know, says, who are you? And he says, well, who do you say that I am? Mm -hmm. That is an invitation to reflect. Who is Christ to us, to you, to me? Who is he to Thomas? Right. It was a friend. He was somebody that died brutally and, you know, he missed him. So he's back and this is confusing. Really good um, stuff to chew on, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Because think of how frustrated we get when we ask someone a question and they flip it back to us with the question. You know, that can be very frustrating sometimes. 
And mm. I wonder if mm. anyone ever got frustrated with Jesus when he did that <laughs> to them. I love that question. I wish you had, I wish you had been in the audience. That's a great question. Because if I'm I, sure they did, of course, right? of I mean, course they did. Yeah. You know, if I, if I, if you're asking me who I am and I say, well, who do you think I am? What kind of answer yeah, is right. that? Right? Well, like, yeah. Yes. Interesting. Okay. I'm definitely going to chew on that. A lot. <laughs> yeah. So some, some, some things to think about especially in light of, yeah, this Jesus, who is he? Wow. Well, he rose from the dead. That's a whole new layer to it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So lots to think about in our takeaways. Did you at least have a time to relax over spring break or was it go, 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 or just good nourishment for the soul? I think a lot of nourishment, um, not a relaxing break. I mean, you know, time with family is always special and loved being, you know, my brother got married in August and just getting to know my sister-in-law better and spending time with my nieces is always a gift. And they have, you know, two cats, um, you know, pets are just big parts of people's families and not everyone's a cat person. We grew up with a cat and I have to say they're, they're pretty fun. They were a lot, they were really fun and just loving and, you know, their personalities and yeah, pets make people's lives dramatically for families and children. It's just a really special part of something. So whatever way families are able to do that, I think is great. And, um, that part is special. I wouldn't say, I don't, I don't even know what relaxing means anymore. Haley, do you have a thought on what relaxing means? No, I mean, maybe relaxing for me. And I've done this a lot, taking a long walk, taking a long swim, being by myself. It's, but that, but that's not relaxing to everybody. Some, for some people relaxing is putting their feet up and watching TV. So relaxing means different things to different people. You know, there, I guess there's a difference between physically, physically relaxing and recharging. And yeah, you know, I think recharging is the most important thing, you know, physically, of course, we need to take care of ourselves as well, but it's, it's just, it's a busy time. And maybe that's why Easter brunch is so nice because it is a long meal. And, you know, for many people, they do go to brunch. And for many of people, it is a buffet and, you know, you have to pace yourself. So you go get a plate and then you sit and you relax. And yeah, this this is spring. Spring is busy. And so how many times do we sit down and have a two hour meal? Not very often. It's, but it's, but it's an exciting time too. You know, we're moving into graduation season. School is ending soon for a lot of colleges. And you have a graduate. I have a graduate. I, I actually am traveling this week to give a talk. I haven't done, I've, I've been giving, I've, I've been, I've given talks in person since COVID, but most of them have been locally. So I'm looking forward to that. I have not been on a plane without a mask. So that will be new for me. Uh, recently yeah. when I fly, but it's so I, that I'm excited about that. I'm excited to share that part of, of my, myself. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's moving into a crazy time. May will be a busy month. We do have a high school graduate. Yeah. My older son will be coming home. It's all good things to celebrate, but I do think we need to make sure I do. I do need to make sure that I give myself time to recharge, if not physically, mm-hmm. definitely yeah. 
emotionally. So that is that will be my takeaway is to make sure yeah. that as busy as life is right now, to yep. take a moment to just take a deep breath and make sure that I am recharged so that I can do what I need yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, I think you know, Lent is certainly a time to slow down. That's literally what the what the word means. It, it means a couple of things, but it's taking those lessons we learned from Lent and living them out as part of our, you know, call. But also, um, I think just being back on this podcast is great because it's committing to things that, you know, you value or you enjoy. So if it's a walk or you said like time with yourself or whatever that may be, even if it's just a little bit of time, um, committing to that. So a good reminder. It's a great reminder. And you're right. You know, it's, I, I will admit this. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I listen more carefully to the gospel on weeks when I know we're recording because I know oh. I need to reflect on it and, and listen to how it speaks oh. to me. I learned yeah. that today because of course it's been a few weeks since, since we've done this, but I knew we were going to tape. So that, yeah. that was interesting for me to learn. That is, is Right. Yeah. Um, so I got I need to chew on that too. Am I not yeah, normally right. paying attention? I usually think I am, yeah. but I, I hear it differently when I know I have to talk about it. Yeah. So, right. but I always have to live it. So just because yeah. I'm not talking about it, if we aren't taping a podcast last week, I need to, I need to live it still. So I should be listening yeah. just as closely. So yeah. lots Very to realistic. think about. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So good yeah. luck getting back to work this week. I hope you feel recharged. Yes, yes, I do. I think it's good to step away. That's the beauty of travel too, is that we appreciate new places, but it also helps us appreciate our homes. So Absolutely. Um, yeah, back at it and have a great week. We'll hear, we'll be in touch with our listeners this time next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Haley.